All right, we're live. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Talk with the Army. I'm your co-host, Delilah. And I'm your co-host, Daisy. And today we are going to be talking about fan sites and kind of like what they do and why we think they're not necessary. Yeah, so we at first were not planning on doing this episode, but then something came up and we're like, you know what, we had to cover this. So obviously, um, yeah, through this episode, we hoped that you guys can learn a bit more about fan sites, sort of what it means to be a fan site and why we kind of don't need them, especially in the big, big year of 2021. I personally think we should have left them behind like last year. But yeah, let's get into it with doing what we usually do, an introduction. So first, what what is a fan site? Right, so a fan site is basically um, people who dedicate their daily lives to following idols, to their official schedules, and they um, take photographs of these idols when they're at their schedules. They have these very high quality cameras that they use to like take really hd photographs and that's pretty much what they do to um make money they use the photos that they take to like sell merch online etc etc yeah these it's not really like a hobby uh, which is probably why they're so active and they spend so much time dedicated to uh, keeping up with idle schedules because it is their source of income because they sell the photos to fans and then that money is used for either themselves or to fund birthday projects or other charity events. Yeah, I'm sure that they use like some of that money for themselves because there's no way like there's any other method they're using to like pay for those expensive cameras that they have. Like I've seen the type of like camera lenses some of these fan sites have on their cameras. It looks expensive and it's like, probably they get some of that money from like whatever they're selling and then the other part of the money that they haven't used to buy equipment goes towards like Delilah said the birthday projects charity events whatever they decide to use it for sometimes they don't spend it on either but I don't know it just depends on whichever fan site it is and I try to search how long they've been around like what exactly you know, was the catalyst for the beginning of fan site culture. And I really couldn't find, like, a particular year or idol or event that, like, really made fan sites become popular. So all I can really say is that they're just deeply ingrained in Korean fandom culture and, like, they've been around for a very long time. Yeah, we, there's never, there's not really a set, like, time they just showed up. They kind of just, like, were there. Um, They definitely have been around for many, many years for like at least um, a couple of decades. Probably like the latest that they might have started popping up could have been Gen 2. But personally, I think there were probably fan sites in Gen 1, but I'm not entirely sure. So don't quote us on anything in terms of that. Just know that they've been around for a long time. And to be honest, I've I've, I had gone back and forth um, about fan sites, especially, you know, when I was first getting into BTS and I, you know, was learning all the things regarding K-pop fandom culture and stuff, and I was like, oh, fan sites are, like, kind of cool. They get, like, these really cool HD photos that, 
that not even regular news outlets are getting. And it seemed like, you know, just a really cool aspect of the fandom culture. But then I would also go back and forth and be like, well, I don't know. I, I don't know how I feel about them, you know, dedicating their lives to, you know, take pictures with these like really big expensive cameras and like I don't know it just seems like too much and then I'm like well you know it's also you know a different country it's a different culture so like maybe I'm overstepping and like I should just like leave it be but I I've come to a conclusion that you know overall I think it is problematic and I don't want us to not call that out just because oh you know, that's their culture and we should respect it. Because in reality, I, I don't think just, I think using the, oh, it's their culture is like a bad excuse. Yeah, I agree. Because like, I was originally feeling the same way as you when I first became an army, because I wasn't entirely sure like what fan sites um, provided at first. And then like, when I realized, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. But then, you know, the longer you're in the fandom and the more you see discussions around fan sites, it made me realize that there are a lot of things that cannot be simply just chalked down to Korean culture or anything like that. And, you know, there are some things that fan sites do that are inherently problematic. And we're going to give you a rundown of those today um, and give some examples as well, just so you guys can see what we're talking about in context. Um, so we have a couple of reasons why we find uh, fans, fan sites problematic and basically one of the reasons, one of the first reasons we're going to co uh, go through today is the fact that they could exhibit sesang behavior and for those who don't know what a sesang is, basically a sesang is um, basically the Korean word for stalker. I feel like we went through this before actually once on an episode. But you know, not everyone watches our episodes in order, so it's still good to like repeat. Because <laughs> I, I, yeah. I would reference the episode we talked about it previously, but I can't remember which one right now, so we'll just restate it. <laughs> yeah, I genuinely can't remember which one, so um, I'll just re-explain it, but assessing is basically a stalker, people who invade the privacy of idols and follow them everywhere to the point where it makes the idol uncomfortable sometimes may make like their, the other members uncomfortable or even like anyone related to like the idols uncomfortable like family or friends like there's a lot that they go through um not even just to follow them but sometimes they will try and like document the idol's private life and then make money by selling that information to other people so for example like if there was like a private schedule that a member had or maybe they just went home to go visit family or something assessing would be the type of person to like follow that idol to their home and then maybe like take pictures of them going into their house some of them even break into these idols homes there have been plenty of cases like that where assessing has broken into like an idol's dorm or like their actual like house like where their family is or even like stayed outside like their house and camped out there it's very disturbing stuff and i would recommend that you read up on that because there's a lot of interesting cases that have been talked about sasings really go out of their way to get the nitty-gritty details of idols lives they they are honestly i i hate to like call it this but they're like professional stalkers okay the lengths they go to is insane they spend so much money you know selling information amongst each other and getting information like idols phone numbers and addresses because how it works is is uh people will like get a job at like a telephone center and then 
sasangs will go to you know the people that they know who work at those centers and pay them money to get them to sell the phone numbers and information of idols so that's how a lot of times you'll every once in a while you'll see idols they'll get their phone number be compromised and like they're getting a whole bunch of phone calls and they'll have to get a new phone it's happened to quite a few people i think it's happened to taeon from girls generation i think it happened i think it's happened um to some got seven members but like it's a huge problem i know it was also a big problem with um hobie's sister her phone number managed to get leaked and she was getting a whole bunch of calls and had to beg people on instagram to like stop calling her especially because she was driving and it was like dangerous to keep getting all these notifications so it it, it runs very deep yeah also jungkook had a problem with it actually he addressed it on a live broadcast you know that one where he was like drinking wine and talking with fans mm -hmm. i don't know it was it that one or was it it was a it was one of those ones where he was doing a live broadcast by himself i don't remember which one specifically but if it's not that one somebody correct me if i'm wrong i know but, what you're talking um, about though yeah there was a time where he was doing a live broadcast by himself and there was um Sessings who were calling him on the phone and he talked about this and like how he was like blocking their numbers and stuff like he very specifically mentioned the word Sessings and so that's what like sparked a lot of people who were very annoyed and upset at Sessings because they were invading Jungkook's privacy by like figuring out how to um find out his phone number and then using it to call him and I don't know what type of reaction they expected him to have like did they think he was going to pick up the phone like obviously I not know. it was so, oh I found it I just searched it it was where he was drinking um yes he says this is what he said this is a call from a fan it's saying you're doing a v live and i just called the check what i do is i immediately block the call i actually get a lot of calls from saucing fans yeah exactly so he knows exactly what they are and he has had like a lot of problems with Sessings who have been calling his phone so it's that type of stuff as well and like not even just like getting jobs at like telephone companies to like figure out idols numbers but some of these Sessings go out of their way to even get jobs at the airport where they will have access to mem for like they will have access to idols flight details so like they will know like exactly what a uh, flight an idol is on they will know what time that plane is leaving they will know what airline it is they'll even know everything down to the seat number that those idols have and that means that they can sell that information to sessings and sometimes fan sites so you see where we're going with this who will take photos of the idols on the plane or when they're coming off the plane because they've managed to find out their flight details and schedule the same flight so that they can be on the same plane as their idol and then be able to photograph them in close proximity, which is extremely disturbing. Yeah, like not like every fan site necessarily goes out of their way to be a saucing, but so many do that it's a very thin line and I feel like, you know, even if they're not a soft thing, there's still so many other problems that uh, they cause, which we will get into next. So another thing that makes fan sites problematic is they, the way they take these HD pictures at concerts is that they sneak in camera equipment um, despite it being prohibited by the venue or sometimes even like big hit at the request of BTS you know, says like no DSLR cameras and they like take it apart in pieces and like hide it under their clothes 
and in their bags and like attach it under their skirts and stuff to get their security and that and so they sneak their camera equipment in they know it's not allowed yeah and that's like really like it's such a safety hazard as well because like the reason why they're not allowed to is not even just for like um like you know be at the request of like bts or like Baker or something but like when you start smuggling stuff in and then it's like you see somebody reaching into their bag and they're assembling something that is like cause for panic like at like in like a very terrible scenario that could be somebody maybe if they had a weapon or something and they were assembling it like that could cause panic within the crowd and for them to be risking everybody's safety solely so they can get photos of a member i think is like really really disrespectful to both like them and also like the concert goers as well because imagine if like security saw them assembling like their camera and they thought it was a threat they thought it was a weapon and then like suddenly like the whole concert's canceled because like somebody was assumed to be doing a shooting when well i mean they were doing a shooting but a different type of shooting (laughs) (laughs) yeah and like from what i from lots of uh fan accounts of concert goers these fan sites are not nice like they will use like people's shoulders as like a camera rest to you know stabilize their photos and they end up hurting a lot of other fans in the process of taking these pictures yeah aside from like using other people's shoulders as a camera rest they can be very aggressive because obviously since this is their day job and they're trying to get like the best photos they can they don't like people standing in their way so like aside from that sometimes they'll like push people out of the way um they'll be like verbally abusive like they'll just be all sorts of disrespectful to other fans who are literally just vibing and trying to have a good time at like a concert or like if they're at like a different venue where it's like an award show or something but like these fan uh some of these fan sites can be like really really rude and that's why like a lot of people don't like them yeah uh and another thing that's like really weird about how they behave at concerts is like they spend the whole time looking out hiding from security so they're not even enjoying the concert like when we say oh this is just a job for them it really is like they're there to like take their pictures to make some coin they're not actually having fun because they're spending the whole concert you know anxious they're going to get caught because if they do get caught and security does see them they do get thrown out and they are aware of that so they spend the whole concert having to like hide from security yeah and it just makes it like it's so weird to me because like the second i hear bts perform anything live like best believe like i'm already on my feet so it's like for them to like literally be like crickets the entire concert they're just standing there taking photos it's like you really wonder like how much of it they actually enjoy like i don't even know if these people even stream their music or whatever it's just very weird to me but yeah like another point that we wanted to bring up as well is the fact that a lot of these fan sites do whitewash um the photos that they take of idols and if you don't know what whitewashing means it basically just means taking somebody's uh like if you take a photo of somebody for example like you would use like video editing and like filters to make their skin look lighter because you don't want like their natural skin tone to show like people whitewash photos of idols all the time um because for some reason like a lot of fan sites think that like their idols look better with whiter paler skin and i think that there are so many underlying issues with that yeah it definitely perpetuates colorism in the industry you know the idea that like lighter skin is more desirable and there are lots of k-pop idols that 
you know, get made fun of or were bullied in school because they had tanner skin tones. Like, it is a big problem. Um, it is a huge aspect of the culture. And so to be like, oh, paler skin, you know, it's just a preference. Like, I get that. But at the same time, going out of your way to Photoshop people's skin color because you think it will look nicer like that is just not okay. Like, this isn't just, like, slapping a filter on. Like, they literally Photoshop all the details so then that way, like, their skin is basically Casper the Ghost. It is paper white. Yeah, like, it's not even just, like, a filter where it's, like, oh, like, they just happen to, like, everything in the photo just happens to look lighter. Like, no, they go out of their way to make sure that their idol's skin is just so white. Like, Delilah was saying, like, paper white, milk white. Like, I don't know how, like, they're just, it's just weird to me how that is seen as, like, a, a standard beauty norm. And it's really sad because it shows that there are still a lot of people even people who claim to be fans of said idols who will um, perpetuate these colorist um, ideals and basically say that their idol's skin color, um, the way it naturally is, is not good. Because there was that photos, like there was a couple photos you sent me, Delilah, yesterday mm -hmm. when we were talking about this and making the outline, how um, there was that um, fan site who had taken a photo of Jimin at the airport or something, and she hadn't altered his skin color at all. It was literally just like the way his skin naturally was. She didn't edit out like his pores or anything and people jumped them for that. Yeah, that fan site deactivated. Honestly, rest in peace. It's it's such a shame because like unfiltered idols in HD still look so good. Like they have such nice facial features and I don't know, I love seeing idols with acne and facial hair and pores. Like it just makes them feel more, I don't know, makes them feel more relatable. It makes them, you know, feel more human. Yeah, some of these fan sites and consequentially, like the people who support the fan sites do not want to humanize these idols because it's like, I even like after like after this podcast um, airs, I'll even like post a photo of like the picture in question that you sent me and you'll see that like Jimin looked so amazing in that photo. And even if like they didn't edit out his pores, like his skin was like so ridiculously clear that it didn't matter. And he had like very nice tan skin. Like it was just, he looked beautiful. And the fact that people jumped this fan site because they left a photo of him as is unedited. And it's like, what does that show you about what you think about your idol's appearances? Exactly. And also when they like Photoshop these pictures, Oh my gosh, it is so, okay, I hate it. It's like, if you're gonna whitewash, can you like whitewash everything? Like I hate it when they like whitewash the idol, but then don't touch up anything in the background. And so it's like so obvious, Daisy. I'm gonna send you this right now as an example. Cause look at this picture of V I'm sending you and look at the guy in the back. Like this man is so dark in comparison. Let me see. Oh my god, this is awful. Why would they do this? It's oh my so gosh, we're going to we're going to also post this photo afterwards because it. Jesus Christ. Yo, it's, these fan sites are on another level. It, it, I can't believe they did it's this. It's ridiculous, right? And I will It is. And this is like a much better accurate representation 
um, of him the same night, just not as edited. Literally completely different skin color. Like, it is honestly ridiculous how much, like, it, like you will not notice how much these fansites whitewash until you see a photo of, like, BTS in, like, their natural yeah, skin when color. We it's did, crazy. Like, sometimes you don't even notice uh, until you see them side by side. So I think the question is, like, oh, well, how can we tell if a picture is whitewashed? I think, honestly, look at the background and, like, the surroundings. I feel like a lot of times, especially if they're outside um, and you'll see like if there's trees, the trees, we know what trees look like. If they're a very pale green, that's probably a whitewashed photo. Um, they also tend to have like a really bright glow around them. Like it's, it's very, like they look very bluish, very not natural. Yeah, there's just a very unnatural air about it. Like, so yeah, that's like another issue that we have, like just whitewashing in general, it's not cute. Obviously there's nothing wrong with having white pale skin, but can completely changing somebody's skin tone to fit that quote unquote beauty standard is whack. It shouldn't happen. Also, some idols are already super pale. Why do you need, like, there's no reason to be making idols that are already pale white it's just ridiculous yeah it's almost like insult to injury it's like you've done enough already like these people are already as white as can be and you were like no that's not enough huh but anyway moving on from whitewashing and when this episode uh does air we will post a side-by-side -side comparison uh to give you like a clear example um, but anyway, another issue with fan sites is a lot of them end up scamming people whenever they do, you know, projects or they sell merchandise. Uh, a lot of times fans will send money, but then like the merchandise never comes and then months and months pass and the money either never gets refunded or it only gets refunded after like months of like harassing them to give the money back. Yeah, so it's very sad because it tricks like innocent fans out of their money and it's just not cool. Like there are a lot of people who maybe they like saved up that money and they really wanted to buy like something BTS related and like they trusted these fan sites to like provide them with like what they ordered. And then these fan sites go out of their way and just like not give that money back or give it back after like so long. And, and it's like, if they had never like pushed for you to like give them a refund, it's like, who knows what that money could have gone towards. Like these fan sites like obviously have like a really big like spending limit. Like so it's like they're probably buying all sorts of stuff. They probably like would use it to buy new camera equipment or maybe just like, I don't know, something. But it's just really unfortunate. Yeah, and what I've noticed is um, a lot of times when like problematic fan sites get exposed, uh, people will say, oh, this fan site actually used to be a fan site of another member of another group. So, like, it's def- I, I definitely get the vibe that they kind of just, like, go after who's going to give them a lot of money. Like, a lot of these fan sites are definitely more concerned with the monetary aspect of being a photographer. And, you know, oftentimes it's revealed they don't even like the member they're looking at that's true because like think about like how big bts is so naturally that would attract a lot of fan sites 
So there are probably like fan sites who are maybe, I don't know, they were fan sites of like a different group, but like now that BTS has made it, they were like, oh, that will definitely give me more money because there's gonna be more fans who will want merchandise. So then they kind of just like pack up shop for that one member and then switch over to BTS. And then suddenly like they're in the fandom now and they're providing content when you probably ask them like, what's their favorite song and they probably can't even give you like a coherent answer because they probably don't even listen to like the music all that well i bet you oh i definitely don't think they are streaming or like or if they are streaming they are doing just like solo songs so then that way they can get like the bragging credits because you'll see that a lot of the times it'll be like so-and-so solo song almost to so-and-so streams like they they don't really care um they just want to be like hey we orchestrated this oh yeah now that i think about it it's true because like fan sites are normally like fan sites of like one specific member so chances are like there might be some solos like like some fan sites who are like solo stands in general and that's also pretty problematic because it's like obviously as you know bts enforced the whole ot7 agenda the most out of everyone here they obviously encourage people to love support and respect all seven members so anything that is a solo um in any aspect goes against their beliefs which basically if bts doesn't like you then i don't like you by extension and that's how it should be for everybody yet somehow like there are some of these uh fan sites who are like basically solos but like nobody has really like called them out on it and i kind of find it weird so like at the end what consequences like does this really have for the idols they take photographs of like sure we might not like the photos they're doing but like is this doing any harm to the idols and it definitely is um especially when fan sites um take on say saucing sorry i mixed it up saucing behaviors and get on the same flight info and you know are stalking them because saucing literally uh it's the words private and life combined so it, it's literally exposed like interfering in their private life and then another really big thing and i think this is like the crux of the issue is that there is the illusion of a symbiotic relationship between idols and their fan sites when that's not the case at all yes i agree so for anybody who may not understand like what that term means symbiotic relationship it basically means that like um you have two parties of a, rela a relationship that mutually benefit off of each other um, so basically why some people think that fan sites have a symbiotic relationship with idols is that they think that by um, the fan sites taking photos of these idols, they're doing them a service by promoting them using those photos, whether it be for like birthday ads or something like that, whatever these fan sites spend their money on or like to buy like or to create and sell merch um, regarding that member and um then because of the fact that they're promoting them and like that in turn lets the idol bring them into their circle even more um so it's that kind of relationship that people think they have where they basically put fan sites on a pedestal and think that oh um like 
they're both benefiting off of each other in equal parts. Therefore, fan sites deserve to be in the position that they're in, to be like going around and taking photos of the members like whenever they want and however they want, when that's not the case. Right, because like people will say, oh, well, they have photos from them framed in their rooms. And so you can see that they're like appreciative of these fan sites. But we've also seen and we'll get into we'll get in depth about this later. Um, but sometimes when fan sites are ignored by the idols um, that they take photos of, they get very angry and feel uh, that they have been disrespected or wronged in some way because they feel like they've done so much for this person that they deserve like some type of special treatment. Yes, so that's what we mean when people think that it's a symbiotic relationship when it's not. It's parasocial, which, and parasocial is more of like a one-sided thing where basically one party of a relationship is putting like all their time and energy and effort into this other person. And they might think that they're getting something out of that relationship in equal parts, but in reality, it's not the case. I'm pretty sure so, some yeah, companies- So yeah, that's basically what that means. Some companies might want you to think that, but- <laughs> Yeah, that's the whole point of like, I guess, like fan service and all that and just other types of things like that in general, where companies want you to think that it's more of a symbiotic relationship. And some parts of like the standing experience can be a symbiotic relationship. Um, for example, like you like the way that we do streaming projects so we can get BTS to number one and then like that in turn, you know, makes them successful. And that success is what allows them to keep doing what they do. And by providing more content for us, that also helps us benefit from it so like that i can understand being a more symbiotic relationship but in terms of like the actual emotional connection uh companies want you to think that it's a symbiotic relationship when it's actually not it's parasocial and it's always been parasocial yeah that that i think that's like the main biggest uh takeaway of how fan sites kind of like get away with it and like the things they do but I think um, now that we've listed like the problems with fan sites, we are going to list uh, specific fan sites uh, of BTS, and we have one for like every BTS member, actually. So then that way, I don't know. We were worried some people might be like, "Oh, they didn't go over. They only mentioned uh, RM fan sites or Jimin fan sites, so they've seen anti." So like, no, we found a fan site for every single member that is problematic. And the information we are about to share may horrify you, especially because we also have how many followers they have. Yeah, so like, don't worry, we're not biased. You can stop typing your hashtag talk with armies over party tweets. Like we don't need to see them, okay? We're here with every type of fan site for each member. And we're gonna go through this in detail and we're gonna be starting with none other than Suga. So um, one Suga fan site we have here, they're called Dream in Spring and their Twitter at is spring030993. And they currently, um, as we checked yesterday, have 173,000 followers. That is insane. And let's see what Dream and Spring, um, ha what transgressions they have committed despite their large following. Uh, they have bought private information about the members um, and they were also exposed to have a separate PayPal to buy and sell that private info so they 
there were screenshots of them seeking out um, private information to buy from, like how we said earlier, how Sasangs will, you know, have certain contacts that they'll go to get information from. That's what they did, basically. Um, they also were called out for scamming her followers. People sent money to order things, but she never delivered on the promise. And then they also claimed they had problems with refunding people when she didn't send them what they ordered. So really, um, just scamming and also has been shown to be a saucy. Yeah, like that really pisses me off when it's like, oh, like you want to be giving people all these orders. You want to be taking them all in. But like the second somebody asks you for a refund, it's like, oh, I can't contact my bank. Oh, I can't open my account. Sorry, it's not working. And it's like, you know exactly what you're doing. Yep. Listen, guys, 173,000 followers. Um, pause this, go to the at, hit block, and like your life will move on just fine. I promise. Like, I really... People really have, like, such a hold on fan sites, but I haven't seen them on my timeline in years, and I'm still thriving. Like, hitting block on these accounts will not do you any harm. Right? Like, people, like, I don't know what kind of chokehold these fan sites have on some people, but it needs to stop. Like, fan sites are really not that integral. And I would, like, honestly, we would both encourage you, like, as you're listening to this and, like, you're listening to, like, the ats of all these fan sites, like, every time you go through one, just go to their page and just block them. It will honestly make your life so much better. We guarantee it. Um, the next fan site, uh, we got attacked for on Twitter, which was, like, kind of interesting. Our first solo stand account, solo stand account attack on Talk With Army. <laughs> we literally got jumped for the first time, jumped. and that's considered so a milestone shocked. now. I was like, how did they find this? But anyway, this is for J-Hope, and it is the fan site Hope Eyes. The at is Hope Eyes 218 and they have... 319.4 thousand followers it just keeps getting worse honestly for some reason i don't know why all these fan sites have like hundreds of thousands of followers but gosh but anyway like what hope eyes has basically been guilty of um their twitter ad is hope eyes 218 and basically they have been officially blacklisted by big hit meaning um that their army membership was revoked for illegally obtaining flight information to take the same airline as bts and be in the same areas as them in 2019 that's what made um the company blacklist them and like you can look up the blacklist um and you can see that their name is clearly on it so they've been in some deep deep trouble like this is not just like some trivial like fan war nonsense like they were actually caught by the company and what gets me so the reason why a lot of people were telling us to delete and telling us oh you know we're spreading false information is because um even though she had her membership revoked she was still able to buy the next year's membership and that she had already like released and like an apology and whatnot but listen apologies don't mean anything and here's why she was blacklisted for illegally obtaining flight information to take the same airline as them which means she purposely went out of her way to buy information from someone at the airport to have the exact same flight schedule as them so she could take the same exact flight as them so like that takes effort that's not just like an oops it was an accident 
Yeah, you don't just accidentally buy illegal information. That doesn't just happen. Like, you don't just happen to, like, accidentally buy the information and accidentally walk into the airport only to accidentally find Vitas in the same plane as you where you, like, where you accidentally happen to have, like, all of your camera equipment with you. Like, are you kidding me? Like, that is a very deliberate, premeditated type of action. And I don't think any apology can really excuse invading the member's privacy just for a couple of photos, man. You also have to understand that Big Hit, um, when they released the blacklist, they also showed her age. So about right now, in 2021, she's around 31, which means in 2019, she was like 29, maybe 28, you know, whatever, around that age. So she's grown. She knew exactly what she was doing, okay? So... There's no, I'm sorry, I respect the members, I love them. And it's always the same apology. Every fan site says the same thing. I've, you know, put all my love into the members for so-and-so, how long, and, you know, I would never do anything to disrespect them. It's, it's always the same apology, and it's never genuine. It reminds me of the <laughs> the cultural appropriation apologies we were talking about last episode where like Pharrell got caught like appropriating Native American culture and he was like, I'm so sorry, I love um I love and respect all races and cultures and like that was it. Like that, that was, was the whole apology. I was waiting to read the rest and, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Oh, he's done. <laughs> right yeah. like that's what that's how i see like fan site apologies like honestly i do not trust their apologies for one second because they would probably willingly go out and like do buy the same illegal information again if they had the chance and like nobody was watching them exactly so people really need to understand that like some things you just like can't apologize for like there's no takesy backsies there's no, it was an accident. Like, these are deliberate illegal activities being committed, and there's no excuse. Exactly. So now we're going to go on to another fan site, and this fan site is for Jin, and they're called Jin Kiss Let's Go, and that's pretty much their Twitter at Jin Kiss Let's Go, obviously without the apostrophe because they don't do that with for Twitter ads, but they have 407.7 thousand followers. And they, um, like some problematic things they were doing, they were defending their friend who exhibited sasang behavior using, and I am not making this up, using Namjoon's words from his UN speech. She said, um, in response to like the accusations against her friend, maybe they did wrong, but you all forgot how many photos and videos of BTS she gave us before. And then she used the words where it was like, what was it? Yesterday's her is yeah. also like, is the same her as today like because it's similar to the way that uh namjoon was saying in his un speech like yesterday's me is also me like in response to like yes i make mistakes but like the mistakes of yesterday are also like part of the me today but this is not supposed to be used in the context of like excusing sasang's behavior because it's like yeah she stalked them yesterday but like is she gonna apologize today or no like i don't understand what she was trying to do there also this is what they do fan sites they use this exact wording to like guilt trip people all the time because they go yeah okay yeah they did wrong yeah they're saucing but think of all the beautiful photos that they've given us like that's that's the argument they're always giving yeah they're saucing yeah they did something illegal but pretty pictures and people buy that. People, yeah, people are okay with that. Exactly. 
Like people really buy that argument and that reminds me of like the way that they would word history books back in like fifth, fifth or sixth grade. And then like you would go to like the part of the history book where it talks about slavery and it's like, yes, white people oppressed and enslaved black people for like 400 years, but sometimes the masters would let the slaves live in the house. <laughs> and it's like, girl. Oh God. <laughs> Oh, it's God. like this is the exact type of like the same type of like rhetoric I'm hearing when people say oh maybe they did wrong but like they gave you so many pretty pictures I'm like the pretty pictures do not excuse the sesang behavior I don't care how many pretty pictures of Jungkook or Namjoon or Jin or any of the members you took it doesn't change the fact that you literally went out of your way to purchase illegal information and you went and stalked them and invaded their personal privacy and you took photos of them with like knowing fully well you invaded their privacy you took those photos without their consent and now not only are you taking those photos but you're selling them so you're selling them based off of the illegal methods you've used to even obtain the information to figure out where they were in the first place like how do you sleep at night knowing that's how you profit right. off and of so your like photos? even though just a just a you know asterisk here uh, to be clear, Jin Kiss Let's Go wasn't the one doing saucing behavior, but they were giving the rationale on why their saucing behavior should be excused. And if they're excusing that behavior, maybe they haven't been exposed as being a saucing yet. I'm not exactly sure, but who knows what other behavior they could be doing or excusing. So, like, anyone who, you know, excuses saucing behavior is really no better exactly so just give them one big fat block as well and so now we're going to move on to a fan site for rm and this one their name is rm how, how the hell do you pronounce this rmster rmster oh i see what it is it's supposed to be rap monster oh mm -hmm. that's so stupid <laughs> That's the thing I was talking about with Delilah yesterday, how like for a lot of these fan sites, like their names are, are like either really cringy or just like straight up clapped. Like you will never find a fan site with like a good Twitter at for only, some reason. I don't know why. Some of them are like cute. I feel like the simpler they are, the better. But like some of them, like this one, no. But anyway, um, yeah, so... This is Armster, and it's spelled R-M-S-T-H-U-R-R, -R, and their at is at Rapmonster, spelled R-A-P-E-M-O-N-S-T-H-U-R-R, -R. and they have 231.6K followers. Yep, so another big one, and this one is also, like, pretty bad. Um, they were confirmed to be a stalker, a sasang, and they were not only assessing, but they were pretending to be in a relationship with uh, RM, and they bought flight info from another assessing source to be in Las Vegas at the same time as BTS um, when they were there promoting, and they obtained private photos that Namjoon has never posted before. I don't know how they were able to do that. Maybe somebody was able to like hack into their phone because like this happened, a similar case also happened with this where um, for all who don't know, Jungkook's older brother, um, he used to post a lot on his account on Instagram and like make a lot of fan art of BTS for fun. And there was like this point in time where like he 
um, Jungkook and like their parents went on like a trip somewhere. I don't know where specifically, but like he was posting a couple of photos of like Jungkook there. And then suddenly there was a photo that was posted on his account of like Jungkook and like, I don't know, he was wearing some like bathrobe sitting on like a bed or something, but like he wasn't the one who posted it. So like somehow somebody was able to like access the photos from his phone and like post it online. So then like there was a point in time where like, I think he temporarily closed his account. Like it's been so long, but I do remember mm -hmm. like seeing this go down in real time. But like, so that type of stuff is possible where somebody can like access like the photos in like somebody's phone and like get them without that person's consent. I don't know how exactly the technology is able to do that, but anyway, that's what happened. So it was like really, really weird. I also think Rat Monster, this fan site is also friends with Dream in Spring, um, the Yoongi fan site we mentioned earlier, which is honestly not big of a surprise. Like since Sasangs are obtaining illegal information, they usually have their own little um, group of other sauce eggs that they can kind of like confide in and share information with and share sources with so it's kind of not surprising that like sauce eggs stick together yeah normally like when it comes to like sauce eggs a lot of them like you will go into like their following list and they're following each other because for example like for these fan sites like they don't follow a lot of people like we talked about skinny ratios in this podcast channel before but like their ratios are like skinny skinny like they'll be following sometimes like you would go into like their following list and they're only following like like sometimes less than 20 people it's so usually like, just like you'll official bts accounts and then sometimes they have like japanese branches of their fan site accounts yeah and yeah that's true actually some of them do have like japanese fan uh, like branches of their fan site accounts and then aside from like those two um types of accounts they'd be following sometimes they may follow other fan sites or you know other things like that but if they're going to be following Sasangs, I assume they'd probably have a burner account for that. But I don't know. That's also un unconfirmed information. So I won't say that for sure. But if I was to be following some Sasangs to be getting illegal information, that's probably what I would do. So no one would be able to trace it back to me. All right. And then I think the next, I think we move on. Next member is Jimin and his fan site titled Fate. Uh, the at is Fate underscore Jimin. And they have 453.9k followers. Um, yeah, so like, once again, we really want to emphasize these are people who have shown to be saucings and obtain illegal information, and they have over 400,000 followers. <laughs> See what pretty pictures will do to people. Honestly, it's ridiculous. Yup and what fate jimin um is guilty of they were asking information on how to buy tickets for the grammys even though it's actually illegal to buy them and she somehow ended up attending anyway so like the grammys are a completely private event and tickets are non-transferable and i wanted to google this just to check and so i googled how to get grammy tickets and it says grammy tickets are not available to the general public nominees are given tickets and then grammy members have the ability to purchase but they would sell out in under a minute so yeah she somehow was able to attend somehow was able to get a ticket or i even heard um some people say that like she pretend like she stole grammy photos and was like pretending to be there but like anyway 
the fact that like she was even trying to like attend this private event is crazy yeah and then on top of that um they are also included on the list of fan sites that followed bts to their saipan schedule in 2018 where they were filming their summer package which was completely like private and it was not disclosed to the public at all so like at the time of them going there like nobody knew where bts was we were all like assuming they were in like south korea you know just chilling as they usually do and suddenly these photos online started circulating of them like uh, doing something like on a boat or something and everybody was like yo where did these photos come from like is this from bon voyage like what is this from because i remember specifically people were asking like what like where were this coming from and it turns out that these photos were leaked by people who somehow got all this information and like it was just like I just don't understand how they were able to figure out well I mean now that we've explained like I know how they figure mm -hmm. out where BTS is, but like it baffles me every time that they're able to find this illegal information and go out of their way. Like you traveled all the way to Saipan just to be taking photos of them that are probably not even going to be that close up. Like, for example, like you're not going to see the fans like, like on the boat with them. You know, you're probably going to see them like maybe like standing 100 meters away so they're not caught out by like the staff. Yeah, it's very like, they're weird. They're definitely not supposed to be there. They somehow because how because they first have to get their schedule so they have to know where they're going to be and when exactly and then they have to schedule their flights to make it match up with their dates and then that way they can follow them and you know then once they land follow them to wherever they're filming so like it's so much effort it's a lot of illegal activity and there's no oh i'm sorry won't happen again apology that could excuse it yeah and like the fact that they even have the resources to be going out of their way to be flying to all these different countries for schedules that haven't been disclosed to the public it just goes to show you how many people actually fund this type of behavior how many people out of their following list are paying for the products that they're advertising that have the pictures that they took of the members all over it like exactly why would you like like why would you knowing fully well this is what they're doing go out of your way to sponsor such like nonsense honestly when you spend money on merchandise that these fan sites create you are putting money in their pockets to buy private information about the members. That's what you're contributing to. Right? It's just so ugly. But yeah, that's um, Fate Jimin. And the next one is a fan site for V. And this fan site is called Vanishing Whale. Um, that pretty much just explains like the whale that keeps going out of stock on Weaver Shop. So. <laughs> <laughs> like for all like for reference like we're recording this episode on january 19th uh so once again the tiny tan purple whale has gone out of stock again i still don't have one and i'm still upset so when i see the name vanishing whale that's literally the the only thing i think about <laughs> we were asleep for the second restock too like we were cursing on twitter for the first restock and then we found out they had restocked again while we were sleeping so like you know what life just doesn't want me to be happy <laughs> but one day i will get that whale i swear on my life but 
<laughs> to anyway, prevent from going off topic. But yeah, so like I <laughs> yeah. wanted to include this fan site as an example of like a fan site that is not exactly like okay, they're not like assassin, but like they they've still done other problematic things. Um so once again they're called Vanishing Well. Their at is Vanishing Whale, and they have 59.4k followers. They had instigated attacks on Jin on Weibo, which is like the Chinese, like the social networking site that like is used in China. Um, and they were extremely rude to like a Jin stan account that confronted her. Um, I saw the messages, and then when I translated them from Korean into English. Um, Vanishing Whale had asked the Jinstan if, like, they were Chinese. Uh, they said no, but then they continued to call, like, Chinese people rude and without manners. And, like, they were being very disrespectful. Uh, which is not a surprise, because these fan sites are really rude. <laughs> like, they're not nice people. Um, and then they also heavily whitewashed pictures. Like, so bad. Like, Vanishing Whale, more like Vanishing Melanin. Because period it's, it's so bad i sent a picture to daisy from um their site and she was shocked <laughs> it was absolutely hideous i can't believe that people look at these photos and they're like yes this is the epitome of beauty when my entire fave skin is completely airbrushed white we love to see it lack of melanin snaps like i don't it understand how look good like they are one step from joining the colons okay like it is right they, they have half a foot in the grave <laughs> honestly like the way they whitewash these people it's not even in a way that looks natural because like we were saying like casper the friendly ghost like there's no like there's barely anybody on this earth who really has like paper white skin you know but that's the color that these uh fan sites are making the skin of the idols that they're taking a photo of like you should at least be able to see like some veins and blood flowing through but nope no blood flow. <laughs> Heart has stopped beating. Right? Like, they want to make them look like porcelain dolls. But even porcelain dolls have some color to them, if I'm being honest. Like, you, 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 you can find some colored glass. Come on. Yeah, so, like, that, obviously, very self-explanatory. Um, being rude to other fans of BTS and also being like racist towards Chinese people and also heavily whitewashing like you get the picture it's problematic um so this last one oh y'all oh, are gonna be all, shocked because this one we saved the best well we technically the worst one for the last the worst but the best for last the most yes infamous fan site probably in the fandom but surprisingly still has a very large following and that is Jungkook's head a Jungkook's fan site headliner, which you probably already guessed <laughs> due to process of elimination. Yes. Yeah, like obviously for like the new people, they might not know who headliner is, but oh, like for all the this, people who've been in the fandom for a while. <laughs> they will Yeah, know after, after this, this, you will know exactly who headliner is. So headliner, um, yeah, they're called headliner and their Twitter at is headliner JK, um, headliner underscore JK, I should say. And they have 799.6 thousand followers. And they had more before this. They used to have like almost a million followers. Because I remember that very specifically. And but then they lost they them. Are, Not enough, but they lost them. 
yeah they lost yeah they lost quite a few thousand after the last time people try to get them taken down but obviously because their following is so high like it's gonna be really difficult for them to like be completely run off twitter but at least like 300,000 people came to their senses so that's fine with me for now but um the reason why they're so notorious within the fandom is because of like just how much they've done in so general many so yeah they've been in so many that's why like there's so many periods where it's like she get like she gets canceled and then people start following her again and then she gets canceled again and then people start following her again it's a very vicious cycle so i think she's kind of in like the canceled period again Headliner is proof that once again, cancel culture is not real. These people still keep having a platform and all for some pretty pictures. I'm sick. But anyway, let's get into um, some of the things that she has notoriously done. Because honestly, what we're going to cover isn't even everything, but it's just like the bigger things. Yeah. So the first thing is obviously... um, what headliner JK has done before they breached um, Big Hit's policy of taking photos of the members during schedules that are not disclosed. Because as we were talking about before, like some of these like other fan sites have like shown zesting behavior by stalking the members and also purchasing illegal information. Um, so what uh, headliner JK did was they managed to um, find out what flight BTS were on and um, they basically coordinated their flight plans with BTS's flight plans so that they were on the same flight as them and then they made an unexpected stopover um, before they had reached their destination and she had taken a photo of Junka coming off the plane um, during that stopover and obviously because nobody was supposed to know that they were going out that was not like public information that was a very clear breach of big kids policies of taking photos of the members because they used to I, I think I don't know if it's still like in play but their policies at the time were that you could only take photos of the members like during uh before they went through the gates the security gates at the airport and then after they've come out in the departure gates right but you can't take any photos of them between like the second they step past the security gates like you can't take any photos of them exactly so like they were going from korea to chile for their santiago concert um and so they when they made a stop in new york the only possible way a headliner could have been in new york you know at that same stop is if they had coordinated their schedule to be exactly the same as theirs uh so like obviously not only was she violating the policy of you know taking photos in a non-designated area she shouldn't have been in that area in the first place <laughs> yeah because mind you like we were saying before like it would be one thing if they happen to run into bts and it's like that was that but the fact that it's like you have your camera equipment and you were taking photos of them so it's like you knew exactly what you were doing because there's no way you would have brought your camera equipment if you weren't expecting to run into the boys you were already coming there because you had deliberately planned your flight to be the same as theirs but some people are trying to play it off like it was a coincidence like she just ran into them and it's like no she didn't you don't just randomly carry around a dslr camera wherever you go you know here's the thing a lot of people i see this a lot they'll be like oh well you know there's only like so many flights that like you can take and so like let's say headliner had bought a ticket for their santiago concert and um you know they were just heading there for the concert first of all probably shouldn't 
be allowed to bring your big cameras. But anyway, point is, you're telling me that they happen to pick the exact same flight of Korea to New York to Santiago. Like, that exact same flight. Because people keep trying to say, oh, limited flights. No, listen, I, I myself have personally been in the Seoul International Airport it is a huge airport it is not some rural only like three flights leaving a day type of airport okay there could have been so many different ways to get to santiago so like don't even try and be like it's a coincidence yeah it's not a coincidence with all those flights like it was definitely planned and on top of that um, there was a leaked, uh, there were leaked screenshots from a cacao chat for anyone who doesn't know what cacao is. It's basically like a messaging service and, like um, basically, yeah, basically like the, like the, I, I don't know if they use it in other countries, but like the Korean version of WhatsApp basically. Yeah, WhatsApp, Lime, um, all of that. <laughs> yeah. So in those leaked screenshots, basically she was threatening Jungkook with physical violence because she didn't acknowledge the birthday gifts that she had bought him for his 22nd birthday. And basically we have the quotes of the translations of what she said in this screenshot where she basically said, Jung Jungkook, that psychopath. Ah, seriously, I freaking want to beat him up. Is he crazy? So many people prepared for it. I swear, even if he gives me excuses, I'll beat him up like a dog. Why doesn't he do the things he has to? Is he dumb? Is he human? Is he a beast? He didn't even write anything during billboard either. I was playing a game. Are you kidding me? Go die. I, I did well by not making any donations. And there was a lot of other things that she said in those messages, but it was very explicit. And obviously this is like, we're trying to keep this rated E for everyone. So we won't repeat everything that there is, but yeah. there's plenty of threads that have the <laughs> translations. Yeah, we left out all the curse words, um, but I really hope, you know, her saying I'll beat him up like a dog is enough to get her feelings across. Um, right so, yeah and i don't know and like when she got exposed for this she did release like a whole long essay apology about how like she loves him and like she would never like and like she you know was just like a little upset and didn't mean it and i'm like no who like who's no who calls him a psychopath and says you're gonna beat him up because he didn't acknowledge the birthday gifts you gave him which is once again what we were talking about earlier the problem with like um fan sites having this illusion that they are in a symbiotic relationship they think that because they give all these gifts and do all these projects that they are you know warranted to ha have a response from these idols and that they the idols are now obligated to give something back to them. Exactly. Like all of it is just really, really disgusting. Like the fact that she was saying this in private and then she pretends to like him um, because she makes money off of Jungkook. Like it's really disgusting how some of these fan sites will like be like talking all this trash about the members that they take photos of in private and then they're still taking photos of them and like selling that those photos for merchandise like in in public like it's really disgusting and in like the chat sh like she mentioned like in the last part that i was talking about she was like i did well by not making any donations she's basically talking about how um she should have followed in the footsteps of this one uh jungkook fan site snow peaches um and snow peaches a jungkook 
fan site with 1.8 million followers. Yes, you heard me say that correctly. And um, basically, she like she wasn't spending any money like in terms of like uh, donations or like buying or like anything like that. Basically, basically stopped, like the charity projects. Yeah, stopped doing charity projects and stuff. Um, however, Snow Peach released a statement saying that they don't really know Headliner and that they don't share the same opinions and that they don't work together. So either Headliner just mentioned Snow Peach um, like as just like an example, but um, or Snow Peach is also secretly an auntie in disguise as well that we'll never know <laughs> yeah but like the fact that she was like oh yeah because he didn't respond to the presents that i gave him i did so well to not do a charity project in his name because he doesn't deserve it it's like girl exactly. what are you saying exactly that's why we have such a problem with these birthday projects becoming a competition and how like people keep saying oh like this is a good thing you're ruining the mood and but like these fan sites are not doing it out of the goodness of their hearts. They are doing it so they can get recognition from their idol. And if they don't, they turn on them. Right? Literally just the Korean version of Notice Me Senpai. I don't know what that would be in Korean. I don't know. Notice Me Opa, Notice Me Ani, something like that. But either way, it's whack. And the fact that they're only doing these charity projects to get noticed by their faves even when like it's shown that they don't like them, it's like what? What? What do you want? Yeah, and also, seven hundred thousand people, basically eight hundred thousand, almost. Why are you like this person does not even like Jungkook? She threatened to beat him, call him a psychopath. Um, there's also sources saying that she scammed people. I think Headliner is also the one who used to be like an infinite fan site and had scammed people back in the day. Um, also, according to fans, she had assaulted them during Jimmy Kimmel's BTS performance while getting photos. And we've already, you know, established that that happens a lot with fan sites. They'll hurt other fans in order to get nice photos. So, like, that's not a surprise. But anyway, Headliner, Headliner is crazy. Um, no one should be following them. I really don't understand how they haven't been deplatformed. Yeah, like it is absolutely insane to me how like 80,000, like not 80,000, 800,000 people are still following them and getting photos from them, even though there have been countless of threads that have been explaining in detail what exactly she has been guilty of. And it's like, you can clearly tell that like they don't like the members and if they do they have a very disturbing way of showing it and it's like this is who you want to give your money to like this is like what you want to be supporting when like you could be supporting so many other things instead of these types of fan sites it's actually crazy to me and so that brings us to the conclusion of just a list of um you know some fan sites that have been exposed for you know problematic behaviors and keep in mind this is just we just listed one fan site per member there's tons and tons of fan sites out there like literally just google you can do your own googling googling problematic bts fan sites and you can just search for that and read threads and lists and see the evidence that's there and come to your own conclusions 
exactly like obviously we're giving you like a rundown of like a lot of information here but we do encourage you to go out of your way to research and form your own opinions don't just rely on us our podcast is simply just like supplementary commentary like we're not like we shouldn't be the main source we just always want to encourage people to like go the extra mile and like put in the effort to look into these things in the detail and the nuance that they deserve but yeah that was our list of fan sites so now we're going to move on to our next section where we basically talk about you know present day the fact that you know we've been on lockdown in a lot of countries and you know this uh whole pandemic with COVID-19 um, has really shown us a lot no yeah, I still have my I still have my FedEx field ticket, though. So whenever that becomes valid again, best believe I'm going to use it. I will never refund mm. that, by the way. <laughs> but yeah, basically, this next section is just asking the question, what has COVID-19 shown us about fan sites? So in the earlier days um, of, you know, K-pop fandoms, a lot of times fan sites were used as sources of information. Uh, you know, there weren't like a lot of big translator accounts. So like if you wanted information about what your groups or idols were doing, fan sites would be the ones to relay that information. But the evolution of social media has made it so like we really don't rely on fan sites as sources of information anymore. Like I've never gotten any of the information I've gotten from a fan site. They're, they're definitely not the source of information. Yeah, like, obviously, I understand that back then, um, especially for, um, you know, smaller groups, like, there wasn't that demand to be, like, translating a content or, like, showing the daily lives of the idols because, like, yeah, like, the demand just wasn't there. And, you know, for groups like BTS, even though they do document, like, so much of their lives, it's, like, kind of a rarity for them, like, for, like, groups to be documenting their lives in such detail where you get, like, behind the scenes for so many different things. Like, think about the extensive amount of content that BTS has. Like, that's just not the norm for all the groups. So, like, for a lot of people who are fans of smaller groups, they're not gonna get as much content about their faves, what they're doing in their daily lives behind the scenes. So, naturally, they're gonna go lean more towards fan sites or other types of sources for information. But now, these days, especially because, like, Big Hit is starting to sub Bang Ten Bombs and they're starting to provide us with, like, really HD photos and, like, videos of certain things, they're starting to, like, release fan cams and, like, member-focused stuff. Like, there's really, at this point, no need for you to go out of your way to a fan site for that type of content anymore because it's just gotten to the point where like Big Hit just provides that stuff for us anyway. So you don't really need to be going to all these different fan sites anymore. And not even like just Big Hit, but like news outlets in general, there's a lot of translation accounts that translate neighbor articles. So you will be updated on their activities. You know, we have so many fan translators. So like there's, yeah, so like fan sites as a source of information is a very outdated um like a very outdated reason for them existing exactly and another thing that we wanted to talk about is the fact that fan sites like we were saying before like people thought that fan sites had more of a symbiotic relationship with these idols because it was under the guise that they were um, basically giving the, the members they take photos of more exposure and basically promoting them 
And while that can be true to some extent, it's really not as big as people think it is, especially these days in the context of BTS. Like fan sites are really not the sole reason why a lot of people hear about BTS um, outside of the fandom. There are so many other ways in social media where people are starting to figure out like, like, well, just starting to run into like the group and like learn about them. For example, like there's the whole thing with like fan cams and fan edits. Like those are extremely popular on Twitter right now. So it's like the chances are like you're not going to be running into um, a fan site photo on Twitter and you're going to say, wow, that person looks cool. I'm going to have to stand. Chances are it's going to be a fan cam that somebody uh, went and filmed at a concert and you're going to be like, oh, wow, this group performs cool. Who are they? Like it's not really fan site photos and on top of that there's other you know mediums such as fan art i know that there are a couple of people i've seen where they got into bts because um somebody they knew was like drawing fan art of them and it looks cool and then there's also youtube videos where there are things like compilation videos like of like bts funny moments or something like that or people who make more informative bts content that like basically introduce the group to newcomers like there are just so many ways that people find out and learn about bts that literally just are not fan site photos yeah there's just like the whole uh you know they're needed to promote members of groups and i understand it's because they also do like birthday billboards and stuff like that but like once again the average person isn't just like walking around looking at these birthday ads um especially when you put them in like outside of Korea where like the members aren't going to see it like if you want to do it so the members see it that's one thing but like just putting them in like New York like the average person is not looking at the billboard that changes every 30 seconds okay they are going to work going about their day <laughs> you're, you're, you're yeah because for me <laughs> like yeah because for me when it comes to stuff like that outside of Korea um, I feel like for a lot of people, you won't really be looking at those types of billboards unless you were already a K-pop fan. Because I remember there was one time, um, this was back when I was like um, in university in London um, for my undergraduate degree. And I was in the underground, I don't remember what station it was, but I was coming out of the station and there was like a billboard that said like, happy 26th birthday, Chanyeol. And for people who don't know, Chanyeol is a member of EXO. And I was like, you know, me already being into BTS, I was like, oh, you know, this is another K-pop group member. So then, you know, I sent it to like a couple of my other friends who are K-pop fans, but like, I wouldn't have done that if I wasn't already like a fan of a K-pop right, group, you know? already. And like, chances are, if you're already like a fan of a K-pop group, like a promotional birthday ad isn't going to make you stand another group. You know what I mean? Yeah, because there are also p friends I have who aren't fans of K-pop and they might send me like if they see like, for example, a billboard with like BTS on it, they'll send it to me to be like, hey, I saw your boys out in like, I don't know, uh, Piccadilly Circus on the billboard and I'd be like oh cool but then they're not like their next message isn't immediately like give me a list of all of their songs so I can go listen. No, they're not really interested like that, especially not through billboard ads. But yeah. Um, another thing, I, th I think that wraps up um, the promotional aspect of fan sites. But another thing we need to talk about is birthday projects have gone out of hand. 
they have and like we were saying earlier that was kind of the reason why we got jumped so um for the full context if you haven't been following us for long or just kind of missed the discourse um there was um a fan site which was hope eyes which we were talking about before this is the same exact problematic fan site who was blacklisted and they were doing this birthday project for j-hope where they were going to put i think they were going to put funds together to build a hospital or something and people looked at who was running the project and saw that it was hope eyes and um delilah obviously she caught on to it and she tweeted out from our podcast account on twitter and she was like hey like just so people know like this uh particular uh, fan site has been blacklisted by big hits so please do not follow them she never said don't support the birthday project of building a hospital she I, just said I don't follow said hope was, eyes i even said it was a nice gesture you guys can go find the tweet <laughs> yeah and because of that tweet um sh- we basically got jumped by this weird section of i don't know what they are fan site apologists solos i'm not sure what it was i feel like it was like an intersection it was an intersection of both because oh don't worry if you guys are worried about us i blocked those people so don't worry but like i would go to their accounts and it would literally say in the description hobie solo lover or like something like that like that's exactly the type of accounts that were like quote tweeting and in our replies don't worry i block them because i don't have the time or energy for any of that nonsense. (laughs) And like we were saying, like there are a lot of times where these fan sites will be doing projects and sometimes the actual project might be cool, but it's not done with pure intentions. And I feel like this was probably one of them where Hope Eyes was doing this birthday project to build a hospital, but I feel like they're not the type of person who was even doing it out of the goodness of their heart, but more just to be noticed by Hobie. And I feel like the reason why they chose like a charity project is so that if anybody objects to them running the project because of the fact that they were blacklisted, they can hide behind the project and say, oh, but I'm doing something so good for the community. Why are you attacking me? Exactly. Which would then prompt, which would then prompt uh, these fan site minions to be coming into people's message, uh, mentions and basically just harassing them. Because you can see that these people, despite the fact that they're talking about, oh, it's good for the community, it's a hospital. Like they don't look like the type of people who are very like, well-mannered and stuff like that you'd think that like for people doing charity projects they might be nice but these people don't care they're the same type of people who will be sending you death threats in your dms the same type of people who will want you canceled for like the most stupid trivial reasons and it's like it's just very hypocritical of people like that to be talking about the greater good when you're out here like literally cyberbullying other they people they were like oh why do you hate j-hope why are you ruining his birthday and i'm like listen and then that's another thing i wanted to talk about because notice the wording of that how they say you're ruining his birthday it has like notice how they mentioned nothing about the plans for the hospital it wasn't oh you're ruining the plans for building this hospital it was solely about his birthday and that's the whole point that i'm trying to make how it was never about the people who would benefit from the hospital in the first place but rather how much they could get their fave to notice their actions by what they're doing so it's like if you're putting a, a wrench in 
their plans it's like oh well you're ruining his they try and gaslight you into thinking that you're ruining his birthday because of the fact that you don't agree with following the person who's running it when in reality you're just saying that because like that person was literally blacklisted they broke laws they were buying illegal information there's no way you can just sort of scoop past that fact and a lot of them were trying to make it seem like we were aunties simply because we didn't agree with people following that person yep it's ridiculous the way like their logic really i don't i don't understand like you're gonna call us an auntie but like support someone that like illegally gets information to like stalk um the idol that you so-called support i don't know it's it's truly interesting logic me and daisy kind of just laugh about it (laughs) like (laughs) yeah like it's just crazy to me and i think that this particular instance really just goes to show you how much that these birthday projects again are getting out of hand because some like now these days like they're starting to become overridden by like solos and fan sites and it's just become basically a pissing contest where it's never really about the type of project that people are doing but more of like who can do the biggest project and like who's gonna be doing the most impressive project this year because that's how i also Yes, I was called a Tay Auntie for all who don't know. I was jumped a few weeks ago because um, basically what had happened was there was a V bar. And for all who don't know what that is, it's basically just like a Chinese fan base for V. And they had basically planned to, um, they had bought a um, slot, a three minute slot um, to show a birthday ad for V for three minutes on the Burj Khalifa and for all who don't know what the Burj Khalifa is it's the tallest building in the world and it's in Dubai in uh, the country of UAE and so the reason why I had a problem with this is because for that three minute slot it cost almost a million US dollars to buy that slot for three minutes because obviously this is the Burj Khalifa we're talking about like you don't just broadcast birthday ads there for free but like it was just so expensive for three minutes that I just thought that the whole project was like ridiculously like caught like ineffective cost wise and so I was like well you know we had like our other projects you know that we do in the previous years where we like do charity projects in the name of BTS and I was like why don't we just continue on that vein because I feel like it's just not very cost effective to continue doing stuff like this uh, every year for the members when like so much of that money could go towards a better cause even if it wasn't charity or something it could be like a streaming party or something but like, just not it could that go to purchasing you know sweet night um or something like there's I don't yeah know, this wasn't really like i don't know a million dollars for like a three minute ad for something a lot of people are probably not gonna think too much about like they'll see it but they're not gonna be like oh i need to look up who that was like immediately you know like it just it's not really worth it's not really worth it and so um it just kind of feels more like a bragging rights which just creates more competition for other fan sites you know one up other fan sites and like it's 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 not a it's not for the good of heart yeah so that's why i ended up tweeting um i was like yeah so at first i tweeted like basically something along the lines of like i used to think that these like birthday ad projects were kind of cool but like after seeing the cost of um 
you know what was they were doing for the Burj Khalifa like I wasn't so sure that we should be doing this and that maybe we could focus on like the charity projects like we always do because it just seemed a bit cost like it didn't seem cost effective and then that's when a lot of Tay solos and like people I guess who ran like V fan like V bias fan bases like were starting to like get down my throat and like before I knew it I was pretty much ratioed within like an hour or two and they were basically talking about you hate Tay you want to ruin his birthday and it's like is he really language they use it's like you don't like Tay you want to ruin his birthday or you didn't have this energy for other members and it's like well I didn't see another fan site spend a million dollars on a three minute ad in um what was it Abu Dhabi where was it it was Dubai Dubai um like for a, yeah yeah so like if I had seen that I probably would have called it out then too I'm sorry that it just happened to be a V fan site <laughs> yeah and so then people were saying that like i was ruining his birthday first of all like that man is like 25 years old let's not act like he's going to be crying himself to sleep because he didn't see his face on the Burj Khalifa for three minutes second of all another thing that they did was they tried to call me a hypocrite because they took a screenshot of a tweet that was again they like to do things where they take screenshots of tweets that are taken completely out of context and then they try and use it to frame me as an anti so they basically took a screenshot of a tweet that i had written it was um at the time the context of that tweet was basically um mr beast which is like this youtuber he's known for like doing like uh, giveaways of like huge sums of money he was basically doing a contest on twitter where basically whoever could ratio his tweet the hardest got ten thousand dollars and um bts history decided to participate in that and say that half the charity money would go to funds for bangtan for streaming purposes and like buying music and then the other half would go towards like one of the charity projects that one in an army was endorsing and so like locals had like a huge problem with that and were basically calling us selfish because we weren't donating like the whole the ten thousand dollars because we wanted to like chart bts and then that tweet was basically i was like basically saying how I like how we do our charity projects, but I hate people expecting us to be doing charity projects all the time in response to that whole mess because I didn't like how people had a problem with us using money to support BCS by buying their music and also giving people who can't afford to buy their music the means to buy their music. And that's what the tweet was about. But then they were like, oh, isn't this you from a few weeks ago? You're a hypocrite and this shows that you dislike V. And I'm like, you are using that tweet completely out of context. But that's basically why they got jumped. But the most important part is the whole lingo that they use, the the language that they use, the rhetoric, how they're basically talking about you hate V, that you like you want to ruin his birthday it's the same thing that happened to us on our podcast page where they were saying you want to ruin j-hope's birthday because you disagreed with following the person who ran this project and that type of language like i said it's never about the actual projects they're doing but rather the type of attention that they can get potentially from their faves for doing that project they just care about being noticed and that's what it's all about and if anyone gets in their way then here comes the gaslighting where they'll say it's your fault his birthday is ruined even though with or without the ad he would have had a perfectly fine birthday exactly but yep i'm interested because right now let's see it is january 19th so we have hobie's birthday in february and then yoongi is in march so like 
we'll see what crazy birthday projects are still in the works. <laughs> yep. And I just know that they'll continue to get crazier because now that you see how much money that these fan sites and like other types of like fan bases can garner um, by like willing participants, it like it goes to show you the type of things that they're capable of doing with all that power, that influence and by extension, that money. So I feel like we're going to be seeing a lot more crazy birthday projects that are just going to continue to get more and more cost uh, like like cost ineffective, I guess, as the time goes on. So I'm betting on that, but we will see. But anyway, another, on to the yeah. next point. Another issue. Yeah, is another. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, we keep interrupting we each keep, other. We keep trying to say the exact same point at the same time. You you, you want to go? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So basically, um, what we wanted to say is the last point where basically the reason why, um, like, Another thing that COVID has basically shown us about these fan sites is that fan sites are essentially credited way too much for the popularity of the groups that they photographed because that was the whole reason why people jumped me for um, disagreeing with the whole Burj Khalifa birthday ad um, because they were talking about how it would be good promotion for V and stuff when in reality, like we were just talking about earlier, nobody is really going to be looking at that if you're not already a part of the fandom. There are very few people I can think who will sit and look at an ad for like 10 seconds, let alone three minutes. Because think about it, like anybody who doesn't have like a YouTube premium account, like are you really happy to sit through all the ads they show you and those are just a few seconds long? Like who's actually going to stand there and look at a three minute birthday ad of a bts member unless they were already invested in liking and supporting that bts member i think it's very unlikely especially given like the type of demographic that hangs around the burj khalifa it's a bunch of rich grown adults probably above the age of 40 and you think that they're going to be busy looking at a three minute birthday ad for a 25 year old man in south korea i don't think so yeah, the only example, and I gave this example to Daisy, of like a fan site doing something to make a group popular was back, um, I think it was 2014, when EXID released Up and Down. One of the, one of the EX, EXID fan sites for Hani, um, a member of that girl group, uh, had posted a fan cam of her uh, dancing in one of the performances for that song, and it basically it went viral in Korea, and because of that bandcamp, it basically saved them from disbanding. Like I'm not joking. Like if it weren't for that bandcamp blowing up, they would have disbanded. And um, at fan signs and stuff, Hani like talks about that fan and is very thankful to that fan site and stuff. But like once again, that's like a very rare. Like not every. It's a very rare thing to happen. You know what I mean? Like. You, you you can't give that type of credit to like every fan site yeah because like every group is different especially with the way they're promoted and how much popularity that they have and fan like fan uh i guess fan sites aren't the only way to like revive a group or like 
keep their popularity going because even amongst popularity that doesn't stop groups from like disbanding per se because for example think about bts like they were considering disbanding in like 2018 and at the time of 2018 like they were in like the peak of their career so it doesn't really matter regardless um and fan sites even at like during 2018 like i didn't even see that much use for fan sites back then still so imagine like three years later like we're still talking about how we don't need fan sites like it's crazy honestly yeah. like like i just can't exp i can't stress enough i can't emphasize enough how much like they're so unnecessary like and again see the way that they just continue to manipulate others into believing how like necessary they are in this fandom which allows them to have a foot in this fandom and that's how they can continue to do what they do and then also it um i guess manipulates people into supporting them and going out of their way to harass others who get in that fan site's way that's how people like delilah and i can get jumped for literally just stating an opinion because mind you for that v opinion i said multiple times in that thread you do not have to agree with me at all and people were still mad over an opinion that they did not have to agree with if i remember and it's like correctly. i'm sorry like if i remember correctly like your wording of the tweet was also like just more like a question you were like is this like really cost effective like we were like just genuinely considering the legitimacy behind the project and nope yeah that was it i was literally like it wasn't even like i was expecting people to treat my opinion as fact you didn't even say cancel saying, the project like, <laughs> no more project right i didn't even say let's cancel the project because obviously i understand that like something like that takes a long time to process and you can't just straight up cancel it but at the same time, I was like, I understand that like people want to do it. There was even a point where like I had retweeted somewhere where they were talking about, yeah, like I understand because they had retweeted my uh, thread and they were like, yeah, I understand what you mean. But like at the end of the day, we can't really control what people like choose to put their money into. And I retweeted them. I was like, yeah, totally. I agree. I was like, this is just some food for thought. Like nobody has to agree with me. And then I still got jumped either way, even though I made it so clear that this opinion was not fact and nobody, nobody had to listen to me. Like you could have like literally read my thread and then gone to go and contribute more money towards that exact same project i was not stopping you i was just saying that for me personally i didn't agree with doing the project because i just didn't see the use of it especially in a place like dubai like like why dubai of all places like i understand because it's the burj khalifa and it's extravagant because, because it's expensive like, and extravagant that's literally it that's yeah it. but it's like they're targeting like such a such a niche demographic like because like for reference for all who don't know i actually used to go to school in dubai i was there for two years and so it's like i kind of know the type of people who would be hanging around the burj khalifa so it's like i don't understand why anyone would choose that spot and then expect people who were going into that building to be interested when it's just like you're going for the wrong demographic. It would probably even be more beneficial for them to have put up like a birthday ad or something in Dubai Mall if possible, because Dubai Mall, that's where all the people around our age are hanging out. People mm -hmm. like teenagers or people in their 20s, they're gonna be out shopping, buying stuff. Why would you put it in a place where a bunch of middle-aged Arabic people are who probably will not really care about a K-pop group when you could put it in a mall where a lot of tourists are or a lot of people who were young are like there were just so many other options they could have chosen and it's like you chose to pick the most extravagant one that would probably give you like the least amount of benefits like come on which is also um it's a little bit off topic which is also why i like that you know bts does ads for things like 
Coca-Cola and, you know, Samsung. And I know a lot of people, for some reason, are like, why don't they do, like, really big brand deals with, like, Louis Vuitton or, um, I don't know, or, like, Gucci. And it's like, those are, like, those aren't accessible to the common, you know, consumer of BTS content. They like to promote what's accessible. And it works. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So when people try and say that their potential is being hindered because they're not promoting with luxury brands, it's like there's a very good reason why they have not promoted with luxury brands. As much as I would love to see Jimin on the cover of a Dior or a Chanel page or V with Gucci, because I know people have been begging V or Gucci to notice V for quite a few years now. But now that we've gotten to this point, it's like I know that if they haven't done it, like there's probably a reason why. And it's like, if it hasn't happened by now, it's like pretty much almost certainly like the member's decision to like just not do it. So they really go and prioritize like accessibility when it comes to what they advertise. But anyway, off topic. But that was basically our rundown of what COVID-19 has shown us about these fan sites. And it shows that they are really not useful at all, especially during this period of time, because as you know, Um, Since the pandemic, a lot of places have been shut down, tours have been canceled, performances have been canceled. So you haven't been seeing these fan sites taking pictures anywhere. And guess what? We're still alive. BTS is continuously gaining followers by the day. So it goes to show you that they literally had no impact on whether or not BTS would continue to gain fans or not, because BTS have been doing fine without these fan sites. Exactly. Which I think brings us to the conclusion of this episode on tips on basically how to avoid falling for the fan site bandwagon trap. So like how do you, you know, release yourself from the grip these fan sites have on your throat? Um, And one of them is think about how much content of BTS we receive by Big Hit for free, such as Bangtan Bombs and Run episodes, you know. We get a whole bunch of content um, through VLive and also Weverse. So, like, there's there's a lot of content that we get that is completely legal and free. Right? Like, I don't understand how people have, like, so much content to look through and choose from. And they still choose to go to the content that has probably been obtained through illegal methods and it's like i don't understand that because i remember even like the last time that like headliner was canceled i think it might have been like last year like two years ago in like 2019 but i remember i tweeted like i was like why would you follow a fan site like headliner when you can follow a fan site like bts tweet uh and you can get photos of jungkook without invading his actual privacy because it's like why don't like there's just so much to look for like you have like run bts you have um you have the the docu-series that they do every year you have all the photos that get posted on their birthday you get all this um you know behind the scenes footage you have um also like the member focus like cameras like during their performances now like there's no excuse for you to be going out of your way to be looking at illegal content when there's so much legal content you probably haven't even looked through exactly another thing is uh don't get guilt tripped because this is what happens there's so much guilt tripping involved don't get guilt guilt tripped into believing that we have to support these fan sites because the members are polite to them 
because we've seen what happens if BTS rejects the advances of fan sites. Exactly, because like, like you've seen, like even when BTS doesn't like physically see what happens when these fan sites realize that they've rejected their advances, but like given like the type of behavior that headline has displayed, you can see how entitled these fan sites are because they think that the members like they basically own the members essentially because of the effort that they put into so, like quote unquote supporting the members. Um, so it can get really, really ugly if you look at these fan sites, realize how they treat the people they photograph. Um, so it's just best to take a step back and realize these people are not really here for the members. They're not really here for their music. They're rather here to make a career off of taking photos of them. And there's honestly like, there's, we, we don't need to be supporting that anymore. And anyone who guilt trips you into supporting that type of stuff is stupid. Yeah, like the guilt tripping is really getting out of hand uh, and not even because it's weird because it's not even like a lot of times it's not even the fan sites that are guilt tripping. It's their minions that are doing it for them. Yeah, and that's how manipulated some people have been. They've been brainwashed into fighting for these fan sites. Um, and these fan sites always hide behind their followers so that when it time, like when it comes to time where people decide they want to cancel a fan site, you know, they're just going to take a break or something. And then the minions are like, oh, see what you did. You made them go private. You made them deactivate. Oh, this is all your fault. You guys are so ungrateful. These fan sites do everything for you guys and provide so much good content for you. And it's like, uh-uh, shut up, shut up. We don't need to hear it. We obviously are on two different sides of this argument. So it's just best that if you see people who are trying to guilt trip you uh, into supporting these fan sites or into excusing their behavior, just block them. Uh, if they're really rude, you can report them, but you don't need to be seeing them and you shouldn't feel obligated to respond to these people because at the end of the day, it's your Twitter experience, it's your standing experience. You don't have to put yourself through things that are uncomfortable for you. And I feel like a lot of people forget that. So it's always good to have that reminder that this Twitter experience is your own and you have every right to block anyone who makes you feel uncomfortable. Yeah, I pretty much blocked all the Hobie solos that were in our quote treats and our replies, you will see I did reply to one and that was not really specifically for that fan site or not fan site, but like for that fan account, just for like people in general, because they had made the accusation of, oh, I searched through your tweets and you haven't ever mentioned Hopi before, so you're obviously an anti. And I was like, first of all, this is a podcast account, you know, we mainly talk about our episodes and retweet, so we're not going to be writing like individual things about the members all the time. Second of all, this account's only been active since uh, like September. And so we haven't gotten, to, this is the first time we've gotten to his birthday. So we're probably not going to individually mention him yet. And they still somehow found a way to twist it and be like, okay, well, maybe you should just like not say anything at all and I was like okay um but yeah I wanted to just like because people do this a lot solos do this a lot where they'll go through your account and like they'll say oh you didn't you know even speak about so-and-so member until now and then a lot of times it's because you don't use specific words mm-hmm yeah 
because they do this a lot uh, where like they will for example like i remember delilah was showing me the screenshots of the interaction she had with that specific uh twitter user and they had basically looked up J-Hope, as in like his stage name, as in J-Hope. And they were like, oh, your account has never mentioned J-Hope before. Therefore, you're a J-Hope auntie and you don't care about him. But it's like, first of all, like even aside from like everything Delilah said about like us only being active since September of 2020, it's like we've been armies for like, I've been in army for like four years. Delilah's been in army for five years. So it's like, you know given how long we've been in the fandom and given how close we feel to the members chances are we're not even going to be using his stage name we're probably going to be calling him a nickname because notice how we've been calling him hobie this entire time we also do that with our tweets where we're going to be calling j-hope by his nicknames that we give him rather than his full stage name and so like they weren't looking through that to see anything they wouldn't have found anything because again like we've only been active since like september of 2020 but if you looked on our like main accounts the ones that we had before this podcast account it's like you would have seen me like barely use the name j-hope but if you look at my twitter at and you search my twitter at with the word with the keyword hobie you'll see that i have a lot more tweets talking using the word hobie rather than j-hope or sometimes you might just be like talking about j-hope you might say i love him you haven't used anything a stage name a nickname or even his real name but you're talking about him but because they're not searching up those keywords they won't know like i have said most of my tweets are vague like most of my tweets are very vague yeah um and so like yeah they're normally so vague a lot of people also um you know some people are more comfortable just retweeting than like making their own tweets so like i i don't understand why they like to go through people's written tweets to like find proof when like a lot of the times people just like to retweet and not they don't feel comfortable you know starting threads or conversations which is fine yeah yeah because you know what that's also another thing that they did when like tay solos tried to jump me for my opinion um where basically like after it had happened and like his birthday had like came and gone like there some people were still trying to like paint me as like a tay auntie or whatever and then one of the accounts like they said the stupidest thing you know what they told me they were like oh yeah you're just pretending to like him you only uh tweeted out one uh birthday tweet about him and i was like it is the same first of all if you look through like the type of tweets i make you'll notice that i use the same like kind of format for like every member on their birthday these days where like i'll take four really good photos of like a member for their birthday and then like i'll write like a Mm -hmm. birthday message it could either be like long or short but then essentially in that tweet i'll be talking about happy birthday probably wish them happiness or health or whatever the usual and then that's my tweet and they had a problem because i only tweeted a tweet like that once in the entire day and i'm like it's a birthday tweet. Do you want me to tell him happy birthday twice? You need to understand that like, since we've been in the fandom for so long, like we don't feel the need to like, when it's their birthday, I like to make one tweet and then retweet fan content, like fan arts and edits and projects that are happening for their birthday and like uplift other people. I've said my piece other people can say their piece like there's not really so much information or like words that need to be said about their birthday especially when we've experienced so many birthdays it's like we're kind of just like used to it and just want to enjoy the fan experience so no you're not going to find us tweeting all day at every moment 
yeah, there's only like so much you can say like during a birthday before it gets repetitive. So it's like sometimes like I might just see some like cute V fan art on my timeline and I'm retweeting that. But obviously, like when you're looking at my tweets, your retweets don't come up on that. So like nobody knows what you retweeted or how much of it you retweeted. That's the problem with some of these like uh, apologists for like both fan sites and solos where they will try and um, basically claim that your love for a certain member or just for the group in general relies on how much you actually tweet about them. And some people might not even be active as much on Twitter. Some people might have might not have the time to be tweeting as much, or maybe they've just run out of things to say, and maybe they just stick to retweeting stuff on members' birthdays. And no method is right or the only correct way to support a member. So it really pisses me off when I see arguments like that, where it's like, oh, you only tweeted about so-and-so twice, therefore you're an anti of them. It's like, no, they're not. Exactly. Um, I think, but yeah, okay. That's out of the way. Moving on to the next point on how to avoid falling for fan site bandwagons is to just do research about problematic fan sites. I mentioned this earlier, but like just Google uh, BTS fan sites or BTS fan site threads and like you can find so many lists that people put together of fan sites that have been exposed for being saucings. Um, and another thing I want to say is do not listen to this and be like, oh, Daisy and Delilah are saying that all fan sites are saucings and we shouldn't follow them. Like honestly, if you still want to follow some fan sites who you haven't found any dirt on, like, okay, that's your choice. Like, we have our own grievances about it just because we really don't know how much goes on behind the scenes. And so, you know, we really aren't that comfortable with following fan sites anymore. But if you still want to take that chance, that is up to you. Yeah, like, we're not saying, like, you should unfollow every single fan site you know right now, but at least unfollow the ones that have been known to be problematic and that have had a lot of uh, controversies in the past. Um, there's nothing that can excuse stalking the members, invading their personal privacy or anything like that. So we're not saying unfollow every fan site, but for the fan sites that you haven't found dirt on, while we're not saying that you shouldn't follow them, what we do expect is that if there does come a time where it has been proven that they've been problematic, you should be unfollowing them. You shouldn't hold on to the fact that they were a fan site that provided you with a lot of good content. It doesn't matter how many pretty pictures of a certain member that they've given you. If it has been seen that a fan site is problematic and you are still following them, that is when it becomes an issue, not beforehand. Yep. We also want to recommend um, avoid buying merchandise from fan sites, like um, especially, uh, you know, fan sites that are problematic because they're using the money that you spend on their merchandise to illegally purchase more private information about the members. So like you're funding their invasion of BTS's privacy. Um, and on top of that, there's like so much official merch from Big Hit that you can buy that actually supports BTS themselves. Um, so like you really don't need a uh, fan site merchandise. Also find, um, you know, local BTS fan artists. Um, purchase fan art, purchase, you know, BTS-inspired clothing. Like, the fandom is so big, and there are so many content creators. So, like, if you want to 
show your love for BTS, you can do it in so many other ways that don't involve buying fan site merchandise. Yeah, like it's just too risky to be buying, you know, merch from fan sites. But more specifically, the problematic ones, we won't say every fan site because we don't know the lives or like, know every the behavior site. of every fan sites. But honestly, like even if the fan site hasn't been proven to be problematic, I would still recommend that you just support BTS and Big Hit through the official merch because that's always a better way than buying fan site merch. Like there are so many things you can do. You can literally download the Weaver Shop app and have a scroll through. You can find so many things there. Not the purple whale because that's still out of stock, still but you can find stock. so many other things. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, there's there's so much fan content out there. Like literally just search like BTS jewelry, BTS, um, art on like etsy or something like there's just so much content you can get from fans if you do want to support other fans and smaller creators so like yeah there's really no reason to buy for fan sites especially because like we said the money also goes toward birthday projects which are really just not um coming from a good place they're really just competitions at this point which is sad so like for birthdays you can donate money to specific charity projects, or um, if the member has a solo song, maybe purchase their song, um, buy a few downloads of it, so then that way, you know, you're supporting the members. There's so many different ways. Yeah, if you really want to be supporting like charity projects, I would recommend that you just like look at whatever what an army is endorsing because you know like whatever one in an army has been endorsing is verified and it's safe and it's really going to be good. So if like you're really like set on supporting a charity project, which I think is amazing, um, yeah, do look through their account when it comes around the time of like a member's birthday so you can see the type of projects that are going on and that would make it easier for you if you would rather do that. But yeah. So the last point that we want to talk about here is basically just um, like we were talking about before, just don't allow yourself to be seen as a bad person for rejecting good projects when they're run by Sesangs because like I was talking about earlier, it is a protective factor or at the very least, it's my tinfoil hat theory of what the situation is where basically um, these fan sites will, you know, have these projects that are good with intention but like the intention of them going into the project is not good so um you know you'll have these fan sites who are doing it solely to get noticed by their face and it's not really about the actual project or giving back to the community but more of like what can get them the most attention and what can get them noticed by their faves so that's why we were when we were talking about the language they used where we were calling out these people and they're saying you're ruining v's project or uh, like sorry um you're ruining v's birthday or you're ruining j-hope's birthday um it's those type of um uh, it's that type of language that can really, I guess, manipulate somebody into thinking that they're a bad person for calling out specific fan sites for their behavior. Um, so yeah, just try not to let it get to you. I know it's easier said than done because especially like, I don't know the mental like tolerance of like everybody on Twitter. I know some people will be able to tolerate something more than others, but like, if you see people who are trying to accuse you of being a bad person for rightfully calling somebody out, just block them. And that's your problem gone, basically. That's why I we always recommend that you just, like, block people, you mute them, you report them, because it just takes care of the problem so quickly. Yeah, I think, I think that really wraps up everything. Like, don't let these people try and manipulate 
you know, your feelings to make it seem like you hate the members because that is very rarely the case. Um, and I know it can be hard, you know, it's easier said than done, but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you're here to support BTS and, you know, not fan sites. Like, you, even though it may be seen as by supporting fan sites, you're supporting BTS. You, you, you can do that in a variety of other ways. So that's just our take. Um, when this episode comes out, we'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on, you know, certain fan sites that maybe you follow and you, you know, haven't had any problems with or maybe you've had similar experiences with being attacked by fan site um, followers. So, like, I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on this. Yeah, but I guess this pretty much concludes our episode. So um, thank you for all who are listening. This is a bit longer than usual. This is like two hours. I'm so mad. We're always liars. I we're always like, liars when we say that we're going to do like an hour and a I half. I know. I was like, oh, this will probably be like an hour episode. Our outline is like so, you know, concise. Nope. So sorry, everyone. Um, but thank you. And we will see you next time. All right. Bye for now. Talk with Army is written and edited by Daisy and Delilah, who you can find on Twitter at Nija0329. That is at N A I J A 0329. And Adorable Trap at A D O R A B 1 E T R A P. You can also follow our official podcast Twitter at Studio underscore 090713. That's at S T U D I O underscore 090713. The thumbnail art was commissioned by Rafa, who can be found on Twitter at RKDraws, that's A-R-E-K-A-Y underscore D-R-A-W-S. Stay tuned for a preview of the next episode. This is such a serious issue because of how this could affect smaller groups and the fact that people really just said, oh, well, BTS is already so big, it's just one win, why does it matter? But like, I think this goes beyond them. Mm -hmm. It goes way deeper than that. And I feel like people just need to sit up and pay attention to what these broadcasting stations are doing. Because like, like Delilah said, if this is what they're doing to the biggest group, not even just in Korea, but in the world, like you can only imagine what's happening to all these smaller groups who are getting probably slighted and nobody's even looking at them. 